Welcome to Pilgrim Lost. Come walk with us while we explore life in hopeful motion. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, Thrill of thrills, delight of delight. Seemingly long overdue, though, the months are few. Bringing back the founder, co-founder of Pilgrim Lost, the original Camino OG herself. (laughs) Kari Gale, Kari, we've missed you. I'm so glad you're coming on as a guest. Um, This is going to be really fun. It's a chance for you and I to get caught up and for the community to hear about how you're doing and get reconnected because we miss you. And we know that you've been on um, a real life adventure the last six months and been really processing a bunch of really great stuff. And we want to hear about that. And I want to promote all you're doing, but to start out, hi, friend. How are you? Hi. It's so good to be back. It's so fun. I actually, it was really funny because I was putting together the microphone and setting up the stuff and I got a little nervous. I was like, oh, I'm recording again. <laughs> it, it, felt, uh, it felt fresh and new. So it's really good to be here. Um, I missed you too. Missed you guys. Missed you guys, meaning you and your other personalities. <laughs> no, I missed, I missed uh, you and our community. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's fun to, it's been great to hear the, the pods and the last few have been so good. And I loved the one with the, um, I'll push you guys. That was fantastic Aww. and really fun to, to hear their conversation and hear what they're doing and kind of their passion behind their mission behind what they do now. So really appreciating your, your pods. So thank you. Great. Well, you know, they'll always be yours. I mean, this is your fingerprints are all over this thing that the dream of what we wanted to do and really build out a community of people who cared about these things, who were inspired by the Camino and other forms of long trekking. We're going to get into that at some point, probably in this conversation, but also just live in a better kind of life. You know, how can we be our best, our best selves? And I know that you're stepping away from the pod had nothing to do with the pod. It totally had to be with you being your best self. And there's nobody who's a bigger cheerleader of you than I am. I just love your work. I love um, your, your sort of dreams for who you're becoming and your art and just really becoming a thought leader and expressing yourself in pure and more authentic ways. And I just, I'm such a fan. It's Thank incredible. you. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's get started. I mean, you've been, you've been kicking butt lately. Yeah. Yeah. Released, you released a book with Karen Thurston called she will be there with me. A love no, letter to my body. Just she will be with me. She will be with me. Yes. She will be with me. Yep. A love letter to my body. Per- that's perfect. Yes. Okay. So that's an art and verse experiment. Tell us about it. Yeah. So um, we had done a soft release of this in November, um, you know, in anticipation of the holidays of uh, our hardcover version. And then we just released um, uh, just this last uh few weeks ago, a, this, the heart, excuse me, the soft cover version and the liturgy only version. And what this is, is a journal. It's a guided journal. So the first number of pages are, um, my artwork compared, compared <laughs> my artwork, um, combined 
with Karen's incredible um, poetry. And each mm. page is, it's really devoted to a certain um, a part of your body. So there's hands, there's arms, there's legs, there's breasts, there's hips, there's Easy. face. <laughs> Um, and what it is, is really this intentional, it's, it's, it's an intentional way for women to make peace with themselves and with all of the incredibly loud noises of culture around us about what we're supposed to look like, how we're supposed to be, um, we are just inundated with negativity. And so this isn't necessarily, you know, we wouldn't throw a hashtag body positivity on here but really what it is is just an intentional way for us to sort of take back those messages awesome. and start really engaging in loving ourselves and loving our bodies just right where we're at and so it was a really um it was a it was a journey for me and i because for the first few you know for the first drawings i was drawing models who were, they're not models, they're just friends, Karen and, and, and two friends. Um, part of the thing was that we, there's no way we can encompass all the incredible body types there are in the world. So right. what we did is we, we decided to use people that we knew and actually lean into that aspect of just being vulnerable. And Great. so Karen and a couple of friends, um, were my models. And so I used pictures of them, um, specifically for, for the, the, the paintings in the journal. And then at one particular point, and I go into this a little bit when Karen and I did a, um, a, uh, Instagram live, which you can go back and find and Karen Thurston's page at girl of cardigan, um, and listen to the whole thing if you're interested. But I do talk about the fact that I use one of, one of the paintings I actually ended up using myself as a model. And until that moment, I had really been able to be distant about it. Like all, oh, all the other women are beautiful. All of these, I I'm totally on board with this process, but until it became, came down to me and me having to be a model, I didn't really enter into that process. And so, um, so it became this, this, you know, another journey for me to be able to complete the book and then, and then release it. And we're really, really excited about it. And, um, you know, dare I say very proud of it. The illustrations are great. You know, Karen's so talented. Um, just, what's who are you hoping buys it if somebody wants to buy it as a gift for somebody who should be they be thinking about buying it for like what's sort of the middle of the bullseye as you guys thought yeah. about think about the project i would probably say the, the 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 center of the bullseye is women buying it for other women oh great now, uh, you can buy it for your daughter your mom your aunt um you know men buying it for women is a little more there's a little a little right. bit of a a you know, a delicateness there. And you would have right. to have a really, you know, specific relationship where you, uh, with your, with your significant other, but really it's women buying it for other women and, or, you know, and absolutely for those men out there saying, Hey, I saw this really cool thing. I'd love to recommend it to you or send, send some information, you know, like we obviously want people to share it, but it really is for, and it, it also is for, for folks identifying as women. It's not necessarily just focused specifically on, um, you know, specific group of people. So I, um, I'm excited about it. Uh, we have it linked in Karen's profile and my profile. One of the things that we do want to tell you is we are only selling it exclusively on blurb. And the reason why is we actually tried to sell it on Amazon, you know, Amazon for all it's, it's got a lot of faults, right? We all know that, but it does get things out in the world, but in order for us to sell it on Amazon, 
we, because we chose some really quality paper, because it is a journal and we wanted people to be able to write in it and have it feel like quality journal that we would have had to sell it for, uh, $45 on Amazon and we would have received nothing. So yeah, no, <laughs> we are not selling it on Amazon. We're exclusively selling it. So through blurb, blurb, blurb. blurb. Yeah, but any of the links, so so um, we have a shorter link, uh, excuse me, a shorter link um, on any of our, um, a bit our like, yeah. pages, and I will send that to you. And it's basically a bit.ly um, super short link to be able to get to the page that shows, as I said, the hardcover, the softcover. And then we are selling for a really inexpensive price, just the liturgy. So just the poetry and the art with none of the guided journal prompts, because in the journal, we have a lot of prompts and then we have some, a lot of blank pages for people to be able Great. to use. So for example, if you wanted to use it for a group of women that wanted to do this together, but, or if you have your own favorite journal and you don't want another journal, this liturgy is really, really inexpensive. We're only selling it um, for $10. So it's really Great. easy to grab and, and use in a group. So. Great. Yeah. And we will definitely put that um, that link in the show notes. And if anybody just wants to go to Kari Gale artist on Facebook, you can find the link there as well. And I'd encourage you to go there for multiple reasons, but that brings us to the next thing. This is really timely for you to do a large project like this. Cause you're coming up on a rather large life milestone, <laughs> milestone, <laughs> a Camino milestone. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be turning 50. On- dun, 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 dun. On the 8th of March. It's so funny. It sounds like I always think I've always loved my birthday date and I'm not really sure why, but when I say the 8th of March, it almost sounds like the Ides of March, you know, something like dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Kind of adds to the, uh, the drama. Um, yeah. So I have been in preparation sort of mentally for the, the big five zero. Uh, I decided at the end of December for a challenge for myself that I would write every day starting January 1 until my birthday and sort of in an idea that I would be processing the, 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 that concept of turning 50 and how I felt about it and, and kind of looking back and sharing some thoughts and memories and maybe even some wisdom at the, you know, that as I get older, I do have a little bit of wisdom. So I have been writing every day and um, it's been good. It's been, I've been far more vulnerable in this particular yeah. series than I ever have been online. And, uh, which has been really, you know, good slash hard, you know, right. It's, uh, as I'm writing and right now, I mean, just these last few days have been really intense because I've been writing about my divorce mm-hmm. and, uh, it's hard to go back there. It's hard to go back to those stages where you were really in pain and try to make some sense of them. And I have done that I've done that mentally and I, I have thought a lot about it. This isn't like, you know, the first time I'm like, well, oh, I've never thought about this before, but to summarize it is, and when I say summarize, I wanted part of the challenge is that if you've ever written captions on Instagram, they only give you 2,200 characters. And I never knew that before because I never wrote that much before. But so I can't write a big, long missive, you know, I have to keep it short. And so that has kind of made me do these like certain longer thoughts. For example, this, this uh, series about divorce is, you know, I'm on part five just because I'm writing a little bit each day. I did have someone ask me, do you write the whole thing and then break it up? And I'm like, no, I'm actually writing each bit each day. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the next day I, I'm sort of like, what was I thinking or where was I going with that? And so it's, that's been challenging as well, but to try to really be authentic and write what I was feeling, but also, you know, I'm 10 years down the road. This also is this year of my 50th birthday is the year is I'm 10 years. One decade. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 10 years past being like I was divorced in 2012. So that's also this sort of milestone. And I wanted to write as well that if my ex-husband read it, that he would be like, not, it wouldn't be, you know, villainizing him in a way that, that was uncalled for, you know? So I tried to really write it with just my, my emotions and kind of factual. So, um, but I've gotten a huge response in when I say huge, you know, that's all, it's all relative. Just dozens and dozens. <laughs> dozens and dozens. No, but I've had a way more interaction or people just, people just writing me and telling me that my stories are resonating with them or, that, you know, and really I, I wrote the other day that when folks say, you know, I feel that too, thank you for sharing. You know, it's just that idea that we're not alone in these feelings mm-hmm. and sharing these things about these thoughts about aging. And this goes right along with our journal that I just talked about is this idea of how we should be as older women. And this concept of, as we slide into 50, we slide under this sort of into this invisible world where, where we just lose people, we become invisible. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but it, it culturally, we kind of disappear. And so how, how to talk about that, how to, how to step out from behind that and, and kind of take back the things that define us, take back the things that give us our power. Um, those are things I'm thinking about a lot. And, um, and, you know, it doesn't 50, isn't the, that's when it happens. I have women, you know, in their early forties saying, I'm experiencing this too. This is already happening to me. My body's already changing. I, I feel all of these things and it's so good just to have someone talking about it. So, Mm. so it's been good. At first I was like that day four, I was like, what was I thinking? All right. Right. (laughs) Why did I commit to this? And that's why I commit to these things with an external audience, because I need, I need that accountability. So. Yeah. I mean, you and I have spent a bunch of time in earlier episodes talking about the power of these extended, like, art or creativity projects where you're really committed to being in it every day. And we've done a couple hundred day projects and stuff where there really is a significance to just committing to stepping up. It's, you know, every day just to put something on paper and you've been writing about minimalism and you've been writing about kind of sort of rebirth in the second half of life and processing your pain. And you're talking about a lot about self-concept and how you, how you perceive yourself and the journey of that self-concept and learning to love yourself in fresh ways. And, and it's, you know, and then for our community, they'll be thrilled to know that the Camino comes up time and again, isn't just a, a really important milestone, uh, not just because the experience of the Camino was a transformative and sort of rebirthing experience for you, but also as a metaphor of a larger journey you've been on that sort of overarches um, kind of all, this whole last season of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been, it's been really fun and sort of illuminating as I write these stories to see how much I go back to that experience, to so, mm. how much that, that particular moment in time shifted things, you know, shifted so many things. And, uh, it is, 
it is this thing that is a, it weaves through my story and and now will forever be woven through my story whether or not I walk the Camino again which I would like to but it it is permanently like it's like a it's like a beautiful tattoo on me and I I love it and I when I go back and I kind of examine my life I'm at least these last 10 years of course uh I feel I feel really grateful for that experience yeah. it's really great you know, this is a this is a question I want to tread a little lightly on, but um, how's your future look as far as long distance trekking? Uh, I know that there's no, been some a, real fear that maybe those days are behind you. Well, um, I want to be. It's it's one of those things where you don't want to almost talk about it because it's like don't right. mess it up. But I I don't believe in that. But I have been able to the last few hikes with my sister. I did a. I know this sounds so I did four and a half miles with awesome. no pain, no awesome. pain. And that, and that's the second time we've been walking where I had no pain. I mean, literally that's, we've been walking twice in the last month and I have had some, some, some different therapies and some different exercises. And so, um, I am hopeful. I am really hopeful. And in fact, I dare even say that we started to plan a trek. Even no. though. Yes. Even though it feels crazy. Um, we're looking at a wonderful trek that I would love to share with the community that I just found out about. Yes. It's called, it's called the Island walk. And it is a walk around the entire, um, Island Prince Edward Island. So if you're familiar with the beautiful classic stories of Anne and green Gables, that's where Anne lived and it is stunning. It's in Canada. And, um, I believe, and you might be looking this up as we speak, I think it's around like 340 miles maybe. Um, but one of the things that we were excited about at 50 and my sister will be turning 52 is that it's mostly flat <laughs> and it's a brand new trail. The, they really are the people that the organization that started it wanted to create something Camino like on their Island. And awesome. It's really looks really, really cool. Uh, and, um, we, we would absolutely love to go in the fall. So in October, when the, when the leaves are turning, especially like it just, it just sounds magical. Um, so we were actually talking about potentially trying to do a small section of it in the fall, uh, which sounds crazy to me, but I'm like, I'm just going to put it out there and, and, and we're going to walk. And, you know, if we don't end up being able to go, then maybe we'll try in the spring. And, uh, so that's kind of partly because it's so close and it seems really doable and close in the sense of, you know, it's not overseas right. and, uh, also the language barrier is, 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 you know, we, it's not, it's not there. And, um, and then again, it's also not a really tough walk because it's mostly flat, which, um, for, for some of us is essential right now. So anyway, I'm super excited about that. You guys should go look it up. Tony can provide the link. And, um, and the other thing about it, you guys, is that is it's so new you're going to go and like, you're going to be you're going to have so much solitude. You won't be fighting any crowds because no one knows about it yet. So do they have like guest houses and all that. Yeah. All yeah. That so stuff? they, they, it, there's no guidebook out yet. Uh, but there is like the bed and breakfast type scenario. So I would probably say doing it as a, 
a group or a, you know, at least two people, because that is one thing I will say, um, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, but hike, it's very similar, like hiking in the UK, they don't have hostels the same way they do in Spain. So they do have some hostels. The UK has beautiful hostels. They're just not as, as prevalent. So a lot of your hiking in the UK incredible, incredible walking paths, but you have to spend a lot more money because you're staying at bed and breakfast. And I think this is probably somewhat similar. So mm. especially as it's new and maybe as it gains popularity, they'll build more accommodations. But so they have a nice website and you can go on online and check that out and check out the stages and kind of see if it might be something that would work for you. But it looks really cool. I, I I'm just so excited that communities are looking at the Camino and saying, we want to do something like that here. Totally. totally. I want more. I wish someone would do that in the U S because that is, I've had folks say, well, why don't you just do that here? And I, it's, it's a lot harder. We don't have these close, close, you know, uh, walkable towns where people can stay. We, right. it's really through hiking and that's about it. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe in the future, but it's super cool to think that other communities around the world are creating these versus just having it to be a, a trail that's you know, you know, decade or decades, excuse me, thousands of years old, you know, it can right. be, there can be new trails created. So did you see the new C2C trail in Oregon? No. Corvallis to the coast. It's a three day, three day oh, over I, the coastal range. I did hear about this. I just didn't know what it was called that. Yeah. But it's, you got to carry everything. You got to carry your water and your yeah. tent and everything. So it's yeah. a little more. You know, for those of us who like to uh, sleep in a bed at night and have a lovely, lovely meal prepared by others. <laughs> <It's a little laughs> totally. You know, it's so funny, Tony, is I, I don't know if it's the turning 50 thing, but I am not ashamed or like, it used to be like, oh, I'm tough. I do this and that. And I like to hike. And I'm now I'm like, no, mm -mm. this lady likes a bed. This lady likes a glass of wine. I do a shower. I like my comforts at the end of the day. And it, 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 I, I have no, I don't need to be tough. I don't care. <laughs> no shame. No shame. No shame. Yeah. Take what you want. So, um, I wanted, we, you and I've talked about the Camino so much. That's obviously the, the sort of lead metaphor of this life of wholeness and wanting to really tap into staying connected to nature and connected to our bodies and, healthy and creative and emotionally inspired and all that kind of stuff. But one thing you and I have not talked about much was the pilgrimage you did on the British Isles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it was stunning. So what year it, was that again? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It was at the end of my long, my long travels. So it was in September and October of 2016. Okay. And, uh, it, it was, <laughs> The story behind it is kind of funny. So what I did is I walked and it's actually, you know, it's one of those things where I think you and I call any long distance walk a pilgrimage. Would you say that's true? In Probably. Some ways? Yeah. So it, you know, this isn't necessarily, if you look at the numerous walking paths in the UK, there's so many to choose from. They wouldn't all necessarily be pilgrimages, but for me, that kind of, it's kind of, it's more of a mindset. It's not necessarily that other totally. people call it a pilgrimage. It's totally. that's my mindset going into it. So, um, so I walked what's called the Pembrokeshire coastal path and it is a Ooh. path around, I know it's hard to say, but it's Wales. The words in Wales are long and very, 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 um, 
uh, hard to pronounce. There are no vowels in sight. <laughs> There's just consonants. So I, I'm going to butcher probably anything I say, but Pembrokeshire, I can say that. And it's one of the unique paths because it goes, you're literally on the coast of the country and you walk all the way around. Uh, it's 186 miles. And one of the unique things too, is this path can't, this path does continue and it, it is the, one of the only paths in the world, I believe that you can walk all the way around the country on it. It literally oh. circumvents the country. I only did one small section of it. And that small section is called the Pembrokeshire coastal path, because when you get back up and, you know, when the path continues, you're now not on the, you're, you're not on a coastal path. So, um, I started in the South and went North and you can start in the North and go South. It just depends. Um, the really, really stunning, stunning, incredible coastline is, is at the, is in the North. So I wanted to kind of have that be my, right. you know, the, the exciting end of the adventure rather than the beginning, something to work towards. But, um, but I did it by myself. Uh, and literally for those of you that are, are pilgrims from the Camino, you'll laugh at this. I saw folks out walking on it, like locals walking, you know, having an afternoon or evening walk. I saw one other pilgrim going the opposite direction of me. The only other person that had a backpack is what, you know, and we stopped and we kind of looked at each other. Like we were deer, a deer in headlights. I said, are you walking the whole thing? He said, I am, I am. And I'm like, me too. We had this little moment, like congratulations and hello. And then we you know, it was probably a minute or two. And then we walked past each other and that was it. Now I also walked it in kind of a crazy time because I walked it. I, I actually just looked this up. I walked it. I started September 25th and I ended on October 10th. Uh, it took me 15 days to walk it. I, I took one day of sort of rest in the middle of it because I was staying with a, a really cool woman that we became friends and I wanted to hang out with her. So um, I, I really was alone most of the time and it was, it was wonderful. It was kind of startling and, um, a little bit dangerous in the sense that there are many, many, many parts of the trail where it's real, it's quite dangerous because you're walking along these coastal trails. You're, and, and I didn't want to say, I, I, again, I looked this up because I believe the total rise and fall that you hike is right. 35,000 feet. Whoa. Yeah. It's intense. It's, it's, I'm, let me just double check. Yeah. That, that was I, one of my, that's, that's a lot. Let me hear. And you, so it's 180 yeah. miles total. 186 miles. Um, it, yeah. The total rise and fall over the entire trail is approximately 35,000 feet. Uh, one of the things that's really interesting is you walk through a lot of gates because you're walking through farmland. And so they are these little gates. And I just started laughing about how many gates I was walking through. And my dad was following me along and he, he, he would give me the gate count for the day when he would kind of go on his Google maps, but the actual number of gates, and this is from 2018. So it might change on a yearly basis was 475 gates. So you're walking through, you know, you probably go through 10, 15 gates a day. Uh, huh. and some, because you're, you know, going into the, and into the, you know, the cow field and walking through the cow field. And then and you have to so have to close these gates. So the animals don't get out. Um, and it's a really clear path, just like the Camino, you know, exactly. Oh where you're my going. gosh. It's, it, you know, 
everything in the UK is, um, has a, uh, an acorn and the acorn is what leads you. So it's like your shell and it is incredibly well-marked now wow. on, on the Pembrokeshire coastal path. All you had to do was keep the ocean on your left. So you kind of knew if you veered away, you were, you were, it was great. It's for those of us that get lost easily. I was like, okay, just keep the ocean on the left. Um, but it was wonderful. It I remember that of story the- of you on the, uh, on the Portuguese trail, getting lost, going like oh. 10 miles out of your way. Oh yeah. No, you cannot, you really cannot do that here. Um, but I, um, I so, so, so enjoyed it. And it was, so I started in September cause it really just worked out with my schedule. And when that very first day I arrived, it was pouring, pouring, pouring rain. And I actually fell on the pavement, just walking across the street. And, uh, I had some locals kind of look at me strangely, like you're going to go walk now. And they said, you know, kind of gave me that look like really. And I had maybe after that first massive monsoon downpour where I was soaked to the skin, just getting to the hotel where I was staying for the first night or to start, I probably had, um, maybe two days of rain that was, you know, off and on and literally had the most spectacular, gorgeous, sunny weather. And everyone, I actually looked in this book that I was looking up these stats for you. Uh, October is the highest rain in the, the most rain in the entire year. Very Oregonian play there. Yeah. And they, they just, the locals, as I would talk to them, because those were the folks that I met, I wasn't meeting other pilgrims. I was meeting the locals and I'd meet them in the pubs or, you know, they would just shake their head and say, you are so lucky. We never get this weather in October. So I felt really, 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 really just blessed to be able to walk it because it could be, there were many times, you know, kind of scaling down a cliff and going back up another one where I thought there's no way anyone could do this in a rainy season because you would slip and you would fall down the cliffs and no one would ever hear from you again, especially if you're alone. So I was really, after that first fall on the pavement, I just completely switched my brain and made myself some rules about how I would walk it. So for example, when I was walking, I could not look to the side unless I planted my poles and then looked, I mean, literally because, and there are some places where if you had, um, um, like vertigo or you were fear of heights, you would not want to take. So that is, that is one thing. This path is, is, is pretty intense. Um, so if you're not a heights person, probably not the path for you, but, uh, but stunning, like some of the most stunning things I've ever seen in my entire life. And there is one section of it that goes through, um, a town and it's an industrial town. And I was very much warned against it. Oh, you don't want to walk there. Don't just skip that section. If you walk the Camino, you're going to just laugh at that because like 80% of the path is absolutely stunning. And then there's like one or two days where you're walking through a little industrial section and it's nothing because we on the Camino, we have so many sections where we're walking through cities and behind, Mm -hmm. you know, giant industrial buildings and so if you walk the Camino, don't worry about that. Walk the whole thing. It, it really is worthwhile. So in light of this sort of arc that you've been writing about and this transformation of the last, you know, over the last 10 years of your life and just whatever the, your life arc, this particular trek, this British trek or Welsh trek you went on, 
um, what, when you look back, what, what was, what's the big takeaway? Like, what's the big, this, that was about this for me, or I, my big takeaway was this, or it, the metaphor for me that's marked my life is this. Good question. I think for me, uh, there was a couple of things that were really, uh, poignant coming out of that adventure. Number one, it felt really empowering to be doing it alone, completely alone. I had done the, the Camino Portugues alone, but not really. There was always people around, um, even if it was really sparse at the beginning, because this was so much more in nature and really just so isolated in many time, many, many parts of the walk. It felt really, I felt like much more of an adventurer. It, it felt, um, yeah, it, like I said, it just felt really empowering. It was also mm. the hardest walking I've ever done, mm. bar none, because of the, because of that rise and fall, because of that 35,000 feet, I went up and down. Mm. Um, I know the Camino Norte has a lot of that. And that was part of the reason I actually decided against it when I, when I went and walked the Camino Portugues. So I had picked the, the coastal path mostly because I looked at all, <laughs> you'll laugh at my decision-making. I was, my, my money was running lower and I, I Googled and found out of all the walking paths in the UK, which path had the most, had the, mo the most hostels because a hostel is way cheaper than a bed and breakfast. And that was what made my decision. Hmm. So I just felt like I, I, you know, I rolled the roulette wheel and I got, you know, I landed because it was so stunning. And I think most of the paths in the UK are pretty stunning. Um, but this one specifically because of, of the, of the coastline, but I think I came away new, you know, this is ironic talking to you about this now because of my back issues, but I felt so strong. Hmm. I felt there were days where, okay, so you all have heard the story of how I drew every day on the Camino and kind of that rhythm I got into. I did not draw one night of this wow. entire adventure. And the reason why was I was absolutely knackered. I couldn't even move. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would literally fall into my bed. Wow. Barely able to get up and go get dinner. I was so tired most days. And you were doing like 10 mile days, right? Yeah. They weren't long days, but they were just like, you were basically yeah. going up and down the whole yeah. day. I went, when I would have like a stretch, you know, on the top, I would, Oh, thank God. Thank God. I'd get a little relief. Uh, so I was absolutely, you know, just unable to do anything else, but walk. And so it kind of was the stripping down to the essential um, just, just the moving of the body. And it also gave me this perspective about the Camino, another sort of that time that I was able to draw every day walking. That was a really magical, like mm -hmm. moment in time. Like, I don't know that that will happen again for me. Mm. And, and, and that's okay. It, it kind of, you know, solidifies that the uniqueness of that particular experience, because even when I walked the Camino Portugues, I didn't draw every day. I, right. I drew probably every third day or fourth day. So, um, but I, 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 I did, I did one drawing after the whole path was done just to kind of, you know, put that in my journal yeah. and yeah, memorialize that. But, but it really was all about the body and walking and, um, and I felt really strong. And so, you know, actually just even talking about that now is really good because I know that I, it gives me hope to be that strong again. 
you know, to have that ability because I really did push myself to the limit physically. Um, and it was good. It was really good. Yeah. It's, it's an important reminder about any sort of trek or experience, whatever is the reality is, I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody who's walked the Camino or done a long distance pilgrimage. who didn't say, Oh, it was transformative. It's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but <laughs> you can't put that on the next time you go. hundred percent. You have 100%. to let each experience ha- sort of birth its own, its own meaning. And the meaning from one to the next is not going to be the same. You know, the Camino is so much for you about healing and self-expression and sort of going through those emotions and putting it on paper through your art. This one was about strength, just really engaging your body as this powerful extension of yourself. And, you know, it's every, everyone is different. We have to be open to that and not, not superimpose. And you know, I've talked about this before, you know, when you go on the Camino, everyone's like, well, what are you going to get out of it? You know, what are your goals? And I'm always like, no, no, go, no, I'm not pre-scripting this thing at all. It's going to tell me what it's about, not the other way around. I think that's so, so important. And, you know, if you carry an expectation with you, you probably are going to be almost a hundred percent that you'll be disappointed. Right. And, you know, I think again, here we go. Such a metaphor for life, right? Like if we carry that expectation into our moments, like we're probably going to miss the thing that we should be receiving versus, you know, versus standing there disappointed that that thing that we thought was going to happen didn't happen and keeping that, you know, being fully present. That's another thing I want to say about that trek because I had to be so flipping careful. I was really present to everything. I couldn't just, you know, madly walk down the path choo, 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 because sometimes on the Camino, I'll be honest. How did you walk into- down the path? <laughs> Like a choo-choo. I'm, I'm making a sound. That's me walking fast. Uh, but I did get into like little competitive moments where I'd look ahead and I'd be like, I'm going to take that person down, you know, and, and, and pass them. I never felt that way ever. Oh, I'm sure you liar. You big fat liar. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you were probably, I'm taking the next 10 down. Um, it's, it is, it becomes a little bit of a thing when you walk faster than most people. So it, it kind of, you know, feeds that, but on, on the Pembrokeshire coastal path, there was none of that. There was no right. one to pass and I needed to be really careful. And so it forced me to really notice everything. I was, I was even slower than I would normally be because I had to really take my time. And, uh, the other thing too, is because I did I did have to kind of pre-plan where I was going to stay because there wasn't that, there wasn't like multiple choices. I couldn't be like, Oh, that town or that town or that town. It usually was like, this is the town 12 miles away. And then the next town would be another 13. So it was pretty, the choices were made and it was, um, you know, this, the ending of the season as well for me. And so I had to kind of make sure because a couple of the hostels I thought I was going to stay at were closed. Oh, they, they were like, yep, but we're done. Nobody comes here in the, you know, in October. So, um, I did have to make the choice of a pre pre decided, you know, air, you know, air, not Airbnb, but bed and breakfast. So that being said, I didn't feel rushed, you know, cause on the first Camino, my sister and I didn't, didn't book ahead. And in some ways I was like, oh, I need to get, I need to get my bed. I need to get my bed. And there was this really lovely, not leisurely, but I hadn't, 
I already had, that's one wonderful thing I would say. There's a thing, there's a pro and a con for both of those kind of concepts. But when you do have your, your bed, you don't have to worry that someone else is going to take it and you can really just enjoy. You're not thinking about getting someplace. And so I think it does slow you down in a way that's really wonderful to be able to just really be present rather than thinking if you're going to be able to get a bed and most places, the Camino is probably one of the only places you can still do that. And maybe not even more anymore because of the, because of the amount of folks, it might reset itself with the pandemic. I don't know, but, um, but yeah. So I'm going in September, I hope, and Mm. I'm, I'm hoping I don't have to do reservations, but Hey, a few um, nuts and bolts questions on that. Um, what was sort of the average cost of housing? Oh gosh. I would say 30 euros a night. What's that approximately in dollars? Oh, probably like $40 a night. And yeah. then um, you were walking about 10 to, sounds 10 to 12 miles a day, yeah. sort of like flying to London, take the train to Yeah, Wales. you could absolutely fly into London. And then it's, there's so much easy, um, you know, wonderful transportation. I was staying, I was staying with a friend in, um, ah, Charlie, I was staying with Charlie. Oh, previous um, guest. Yeah, previous guest in Bristol. And then we just took, she actually drove me over there, but it's so easy to get to there. Um, I, she drove me to a train and then I took the train to in, into the little town where I needed to be. So, uh, the UK is wonderful that way. There's yeah, gobs and so gobs easy. of ways to get around. I was just going to see, um, and I could, I could, I could find out and report back, but it definitely is way more expensive than the Camino. Um, but the bed and breakfast, they, <laughs> this is one other funny thing that if you were paying, let's say $40 for the night. Now, if you were because I was by myself, this would be cut in half if I had been with someone. Okay. Right. So, uh, but they also included the most gigantic breakfast you've ever had in your whole life. A Welsh breakfast is very similar to an English breakfast. And so literally I would come out and there would be bacon, sausage, eggs, a literal like whole basket of toast, beans, fried tomatoes okay and the thing is thank you i don't really like eating like that before i walk i mean on the camino you know you have like your tostada in your cafe yeah but i was like there's no way in hell i'm leaving this here i paid for this so i literally (laughs) would eat every bite not all the toast and then i would roll myself out of there and for most days honestly i had a i would didn't have lunch because I had enough fuel in my body from all of this food to get me through the day. So I was trying to conserve that way. So, um, or I'd bring like a little, right. little snacks with me. Right. One of the fun parts of the Camino is you're required to have a passport and you have to get stamps along the way, you know, as part of the experience. And is there anything like that? No, there isn't really anything like that. I did, you know, there, there is a, a wonderful kind of sculpture or monument at the very end. And and I, I, um, I took my picture by it, you know, like, Hey, I finished, you know, and there's no one there. It was kind of dark. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy like sort of drove by and all the locals were super nice. And, uh, he saw me trying to take a selfie cause I was alone and he mm-hmm. got out of his truck. He's like, Hey, do you need someone to take a photo? Hey, like, tall lady. 
Yeah. And I said, I just finished the coastal path. And he's like, cool. Like, let me take a photo and took a photo. And then he's like, do you need a ride anywhere? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> because actually my hostel was the hostel I had stayed at with the closest one was like another six miles back the path, back up the hill. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm done. <laughs> I'm done walking. <laughs> so he drove me up to my little hostel. It was great, but, um, no, there isn't anything like that. Uh, and that is some of the, I think also those, com- those sort of moments where you realize how special the Camino is and, and that you have those things. It's, it really does sort of shine this light on, on the uniqueness of that experience. But, um, but I will say that, uh, the trails in the UK are incredibly well-marked in many ways, way better than Spain. (laughs) You know, those British, (laughs) very, very efficient. So that's the Pembrokeshire coastal path. Yep. Through Wales. Around the coast of Wales. Great. Um, It is so fun to have you on and get caught up. Is there anything else we need to know about? Are you doing any travel journal workshops? Are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I have my next workshop coming up March 26th, and um, I'm super excited uh, to be doing, I just had some fun connections with some local folks, and I'm going to be doing some live workshops. Yippee! Uh, yeah, this if you're in the Portland area, um, I'm actually going to be doing them in collaboration with Cornell Farms. Um, a really wonderful nursery here in Portland. And we're going to be doing some, they're going to be more uh, garden journal workshops, uh, but kind of the same, the same premise. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing those. um, I love that. Yeah. It's super cool. I'm really excited about it. Uh, So I'll be doing those through the summer. My first one's going to be uh, in April. And um, so those, those will be marketed through their website and I will still have information on my website, but it'll, it'll push you to, to that, their particular website. But that's really exciting for me because I haven't been able to do a live workshop. You know, I, I did one at the very beginning of 2020 and that's been it. So excited about that. And so that's um, carigale.com, K-A-R-I-G-A-L-E.com. And that'll push you over to, what was the name of the nursery again? Yeah, I'll have a link to Cornell Farms. I'll probably be Cornell putting Farms. that up in the next in the next month um, for sure. And um, the also on my website, I have links to to the journal to She Will Be With Me. And so you can hop on there and, and, and head there. And I'm just, I'm actually doing some, taking some classes and really... Um, just kind of delving into some areas, artistic areas that I haven't before that I've wanted to. So um, Great. kind of using this as a really kind of explorative creative time. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's that time, Kari. Is there anything you haven't had a chance to say that you would like to say? <laughs> I just want to say it's a pleasure to be back and to, to be with you. And um, I'm, I'm really glad that you have chosen to be able to continue on with Pilgrim Lost. It makes me really happy. Um, I'm not able to do that, but I just want to say that you have my, I'm cheerleading you from over here. And I love hearing your conversations and um, just excited to see what, where, where you go next, what you do next on, on this podcast. And, um, and, and I get to be part of the community now that follows along and enjoys that. So thank You're you. Very sweet. Well, it's it is the next couple months are gonna be a lot of fun. We got we already have the next like six guests all lined up and ready to go. Wanted to have you first 
before those because we miss you and wanted to get you on. Um, I've everybody, if you're not following Kari on Instagram, do you can see your art on a regular basis. If you um, follow Pilgrim Lost on Instagram and Facebook, and um, if you have a chance, go to our Patreon page and see and support us. This is definitely a community endeavor we're trying to do. Thanks so much, everybody, for getting lost with us. That's Kari Gale, my my co-founder and my friend. So thanks, Kari. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond. Thank you.